what's going on. All right. <laughs> that, was, that was weird. That was weird. It was a good lead. I, I didn't. I didn't have my landing gear on. I couldn't land that. No. I couldn't. No. Crash no. right into the airport. I'm like the guys <laughs> who uh, went to the flight school in Florida. Didn't learn how to land. You didn't oh, did need you to know about, how to land. Did you hear about those two guys who uh, they flew the planes. They they both took off and then they were both skydivers. And what they were trying to do was. Nosedive both of the planes and, and then jump planes out. And switch yeah. planes. Oh, I did yeah. hear about it. One of them yeah. crashed. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there was an even crazier one. What there, a horrible idea! What, yeah, it's like why, go figure. Why? It didn't work out. Weird. Weird. Did you, did you see that thing that I sent you guys where it was like weird, uh, like pilot pilot error crashes, and it was like a list, and it was like a a flight where the pilots bet that they could land land the plane blind. A flight crash that ended because the pilots let a miner fly the plane. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice that they were almost all Russian airlines? <laughs> it was all like Aeroflot. So, so you know, um, did you hear about the? There was like a YouTuber who like crashed his airplane, like who like just like pretended like the airplane was like malfunctioning, mm -hmm. and he just bailed and like let the airplane crash into like some forest. like a single person air yeah. airplane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was wild. Anyway, I don't know. If what... I was a pilot, I'd probably be on some shit like that. Like, yo, like, dude, you know how many times I've landed at Moscow Airport? I could do this with my eyes closed. And the guy next to me is like, no, you fucking can't. Yeah, I fucking can. <laughs> watch, watch, watch. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, this YouTuber. I don't think you'd like that if you told it to, you know, to whoever certifies pilots. The U.S. Federal <laughs> Aviation Administration revoked a YouTuber's pilot license after it concluded that he intentionally crashed his plane for the sake of gaining online views. Oh, I did hear about this. Yeah. Trevor Jacob was flying over California's lost Pedro... Padres National Forest in his small single engine plane when his propeller stopped working. And so basically in the video he's like he's like, "Oh yeah, it's not what's going on. It's stalling out." But weirdly he just had he like when he bails out of the plane, he already had his parachute on. Okay, so and, he did have a parachute. I was yeah, he already did had he, his Did he kill himself because no, no, no. some flights there has been incidences where a pilot of a commercial airliner kills himself by flying a, a yeah. plane. It happened in the Alps several years ago. And no. The speculation so, about Malaysian Airlines, the one that went missing, is that the pilot did suicide. I've, I've well. heard that's unsubstantiated. Uns yeah. yeah, I mean, like, it's just a theory, but... So, uh, the guy is, like, you know, he's, like, frantically being, like, oh, God, what am I... He like, but, like, he's acting. <laughs> and he jumps out, not only with already having his parachute on, right? It wasn't like he had his parachute in the in back. The back it was already on his like... back, all right? And he fucking jumps out with his GoPro stick. And people were like, that's a little weird if either you were having, like, a plane <laughs> malfunction. Like, he's just yeah. like, let me make sure I grab my GoPro It's stick. just those snap decisions, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, God, what do I need? What do I need? Parachute one. GoPro stick, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you know, you know, when I was younger, like my late teens and early twenties, I wanted to be a pilot. Not because I wanted to fly planes, but because I heard pilots is the profession that gets laid the most. Like out of the, like wow. they did a survey, good like for, who gets who you. gets the most sex? And they're like pilots. And so even to this day, I'm like maybe still one still of uh, one of the favorite contestants on one of the recent seasons of the bachelorette was a pilot oh yeah he was like super popular yeah. <laughs> i bet <laughs> because they're fucking awesome <laughs> how can you be a pilot and not be cool i told this i, told I didn't like that guy that much yeah, and i thought he was kind of i don't of know i think there's a lot of uncool pilots <laughs> a hot take oh, oh, you're, gonna say that. you're gonna say that about captain sully who, who yeah. landed in the Hudson. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> he didn't even do a flip first. Yeah, he didn't, yeah. Even, yeah. Do, he didn't <laughs> even do a barrel roll, dude. Um, so I'd love to be a pilot. It'd be sexy as fuck. I'd be getting laid all the time. On off the top, we got to talk about our boy Elon. Noted pilot. Noted pilot. Well, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he like started making claims like he flies a spaceship or something. Well, you know, notoriously, his brother Kimball was on a certain Lolita Express a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, with all with all this Elon Musk stuff on Twitter, what I've noticed is every tweet about him, somebody in the replies will post the picture with him and Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah, you know, isn't it fun? Isn't it funny no how everyone call everyone's like? I think it's Gizlane, but everyone just says Gizlane. It's I not Gizlane. No, it's like Jizz. Gizlane Maxwell. No, I think it's Giz. Gizlane. Yeah, it's a it French sounds, name. It's it's isn't it like Gizlane? Yeah, that would, yeah, that, yeah. Would, that would make a bit. But Gizlane is way better. Gizlane. That's Gizlane like, Gizlane is perfect for the media. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, people are being like, post this picture before Elon bans it. And it's like, bro, relax. (laughs) Those two had a lot of, Gislaine and Epstein had a lot of pictures with a lot of powerful people. Man, isn't isn't it crazy that like at the time, like these people are just like, yeah, we'll take pictures of these people, whether to like whatever degree they know. And then when they die, it's just like ends up being speculation for all the people be like, oh yeah, is this uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man? What was he doing? Please God, no. He seems so innocent. We've talked about this idea on this podcast before about like power begots power. So it's just like inner circles of powerful people, powerful, wealthy people. They're all connected. You know, like from the outside, you know, you think that they're all, you know, whatever, strangers to each other, but they're all connected. Yeah. Like they all support each other in one way or the other. I mean, because they all, they all run the same exploitation on the, on the public. Let me tell you. Jeffrey Epstein had a great pilot. That's why I liked his plane. (laughs) (laughs) Who was that pilot? Osama Bin Laden. That's right. (laughs) 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 But as of recording this, uh, I think uh, yesterday, yesterday, um, Elon Musk acquired Twitter. Well, the deal, the deal got accepted, but it hasn't been finalized. But for what'd you say, Zach? It was forty-four million. Billion. Billion. Sorry, not million. Sorry, that's jump change. (laughs) That's jump change. Um, Forty-four billion. Um, That's crazy that that yeah. fucking... How much was fucking... Did Disney buy Star Wars for? I remember when I saw the number quoted for Star Wars, I was like, that's insane that Star Wars is now has a value amount and that's how much it's worth. But like, It was single digit billions. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't... 44 billion is... In, that must be one of the most valuable things on Earth. So a, a product oh, yeah, you're going to buy a huge billion, company like that. Come on. A product worth 40... I mean... Four we, billion dollars. Four billion. Well, the like, real question is, what is the product? I mean, the the. I mean, yeah. I guess that is. You know, one one interesting thing that I've heard people say that he's Elon's touted at, that he's going to do with Twitter that people actually say could be a good thing is that he wants to release the code or the algorithm, the open source. You know, he wants to make that public. And I heard somebody talking about this today, saying that for a long time Twitter's algorithm and open source code has been like this black box, essentially that's secret. Nobody knows, you know, how it works exactly, how to game the system. What, I mean, what what sort of algorithm to do what to show to essentially show yeah, tweets game, to who? yeah to make your tweets more record to make get your tweets in front of more users essentially mm, get yeah. your tweets viewed more get them moved up top more. 
And because, you know, people have their ideas about how it works and their different strategies and things work better than others. But if that code was, you know, revealed, it would make a clear, obvious, like programming method about how you can tweet in a certain way to basically become more to gain more attention and get, game the algorithm yeah game the algorithm and they're like it could be a good thing you know to to know this you know and you know people can understand how twitter works but yeah of course that's ripe for exploitation from powerful oh, yeah. groups i mean that, that did you ever hear resources. that theory about uh, the matrix where like uh you know the reason that neo can like use his matrix powers outside of the matrix is because all of zion and everything is actually a second matrix that the machines made for like the you know the undesirable or like (laughs) fractious people don't you think they would just put out oh yeah this is our source code of course uh when in reality you know they're actually doing something else you know i mean that's highly possible sure i also think and i think the question that like we like before you know in our production meeting we were talking about it like like i think the more interesting question is why do people believe like because there's a lot of people who are like they believe Elon's gonna do something revolutionary with mm-hmm. Twitter. He's gonna. <laughs> I, I saw what I saw one two. I think it was from the heart. The we've. I mean, we've spent. The, we've talked about him a lot yeah. recently because of this story. We've right. talked about him on the past two yeah. podcasts. You know, so I mean, people already know how we feel about him. Big, Big fans. fans. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah I I agree and I think the more the thing that i've taken note of at least recently is even people that don't use twitter that don't really know much about it are there being like oh yeah elon's gonna storm in the twitter hq in the morning tear the whole tear the whole place apart he's gonna and- storm in like stone cold and tear the whole place apart and and upheave all the you know all the liberals all the liberals he's gonna be like liberals get out wasn't it so isn't it so uh transparent i mean it it's hard to say anything has ever gotten more free when power has been consolidated. And yet, you know, this whole uh, idea of like, yes, free speech is going back to Twitter because now one person controls the whole thing. That's yeah. just outrageous. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. like a tyrant took over. Yeah. They're like, yeah, freedom, well, finally. What, what's the thing that I, I, keep, I keep on being seen quoted where it's like, uh, free speech means uh, even allowing some of my harshest critics on here. That's what mm. that means, and it's like, yeah, let's yeah. see how long that lasts. Exactly. You know, remember, remember, there was like a, there was like a story not too long ago that Elon Musk was trying to um, get a hold of Elon Musk's uh, private jet uh, tracker. It was like oh, a yeah, Twitter. Yeah, there was a guy who was tracking. Yeah, which Twitter. I think is funny. Mm. <laughs> and and Elon's like, please take that down. I don't mm. like that. Yeah, he wouldn't settle. Would that was the best part yeah. about it. Yeah, dude. Elon Musk. Well, you fucking going nowhere. <laughs> he offered him five thousand dollars, which is. I mean, $5,000 to Elon Musk is literally basically zero. Yeah. And the guy wouldn't settle for less than 50000 which is still essentially zero to Elon Musk. Yeah. And I mean, he has $44 yeah. billion to play around yeah. with. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and another, like, funny thing is, like, we kind of, like, brought this up in, like, a conversation. It's like, you know... A while back, someone's like, Elon was like, because he likes just being like the center of attention, right? And it was like during like all these times when people were like questioning him about for his taxes and, you know, him not paying his fair share. And he goes like, show me where paying $6 billion would solve world hunger. And then, and then, pe- and like you, like you said, when we were talking about this, like, 
yeah, people people did show him, and then he was just like, yeah, yeah no, I moved on to something else, you know, yeah. like because he just likes being the center of attention. Yeah. Well, and I, it's so I think blatant. He, he knows the rhythm of the media cycle, you know. Yeah. He knows that it's not going to last more than but a week just, or so. Look, and his meme game is so bad. That's what the most offensive thing is: is that his meme game is just like like ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the thing that that bothers me the most about him is I, I just think he he. He did, he does a lot of talk and they, he knows how to like how to how to get attention with what he's saying, but there's never any action. Like, and I, I've, we've said this before when talking about him. So you know, I don't want to re- repeat what we said on previous podcasts, but a lot of times with these statements, like oh, whether it's his hypothetical inventions, like the hyperloops or the Mars colony or whatever, you know, he'll say this stuff. It sounds fancy. It sounds cool. It's appealing. It's provocative. And then there's never nothing ever materializes. So I and it's the same thing with you look at his. Oh, I'll pay my fair share of taxes if you can break down where all those taxes are going. And then, you know, eventually that's real. You know, that makes the news him saying that makes the news. But then when whoever maybe some I don't I think that it was the same. Listen, he's just an annoying libertarian Andy. (laughs) <laughs> well, like, you know, eventually somebody comes forward and like, hey, here's how six billion dollars could help, you know, feed the world, you know, and like he just ignores that, you know, it's like all talk to stir up the pot, to stir the the issue, you know, and I, I think, yeah, you say he's a libertarian. I think he is because I think he frames himself a lot as this renegade outsider who's fighting these power systems, you know, like I'm oh, not political. If- I'm just against bureaucracies the, the <laughs> implication being like yeah exactly like oh I, I would pay the the money to end world hunger but nobody can show me what would happen with it because the system is ran by these you know exploitive charities who are just take all my money and pocket it themselves you know that's his implication that he's making when he says oh show me how this money will be spent to solve it you can't because duh you're just gonna pocket it you know because well, that a line of uh, you know argument is a false dilemma that you know oh if only I knew how it was going to be spent, I, I would spend the money, you know, as if you don't have the means and the resources to find out and spend it yourself. Yeah. You know, someone yeah. else has to come show you. Come on. You have access to literally everyone, the smartest minds on earth. You could go figure it out. Uh, it, it's just a, a, a clear show that, you know, the, the real drive was never there in the first place. Exactly. And, and I think you know what will happen with twitter is again all the talk free speech absolutism that's been the big phrase that's been thrown around to describe him him coming in and tearing down the twitter bureaucracy that's being upheld by you know liberal elites or whoever that are censoring everybody he's gonna run in there tear down all the censorship barriers tear down you know all the restrictions and make it this bastion of free speech the public forum when in reality like i honestly like i use twitter a decent amount i even after the the purchase is complete and we i don't think we're gonna see much changes i don't think because obviously what how twitter runs is works for them i mean the companies were and you know what's on on like kind of just like a worker's stance which i kind of found kind of shitty is that like all of these workers were basically left at the whim of elon musk right Mm -hmm. and they were like uncertain about their jobs they were like what the hell's going on this seems like like okay so elon musk just mm-hmm. sends a tweet out being like um i'll buy all of twitter and then mm-hmm. and then like we're just gonna like change everything up and here's the thing is like is twitter even profitable as like a company oh yeah of course for the advertising sure and that's where a lot of the restrictions i think that the company puts in the place is not because twitter is some leftist company run by 
Bolsheviks or something that are, you know, censoring, you know, anybody that has a dissenting opinion from, uh, you know, far left, whatever. Right. It's because like a lot of times um, companies that are paying for advertising on this platform don't want to have their tweet underneath something from a neo-Nazi. It's yeah, the same thing with YouTube. Yeah. They don't want their company to be associated with you know far-right nationalism right. because a that's, that, that's bad for business not because they're liberals yeah, is bad how, for business that's, that's how, why uh, that's how a lot of politics got demonetized on youtube because there was like this incident where yeah. like literally i think like a nestle ad, ad ran on yeah, yeah it ran yeah. on like a neo-nazis yeah. <laughs> video like and the thing is i heard another activist state say today too and she was like look the problem with you know, uh, removing the floodgates, essentially, and allowing a return of these, like, you know, extremist voices on the right or the left or whoever, you know, is a lot of times um, people's free speech is restricted, especially on these social platforms, when if somebody, let's say a trans person or a woman or somebody of color has an opinion that these hate groups don't like and these hate groups are allowed to roam free is a lot of times targeted harassment and and campaigns of like harassment online chases those uh voices offline so in a way just opening the floodgates and allowing hate groups to just run free can target people online and chase them off and reduce other people's free speech so that's what this act i thought that was an interesting point that this activist made and say in terms of saying like hey like if we just allow hate groups to run amok like they're gonna target harassment uh towards certain people they don't like usually you know minorities and what and what have you and those people's voices are going to be harder to hear amongst the harassment and and the hate campaigns against them that will eventually chase them off those uh platforms you know so i think there is something to be said for that you know it's not entirely like black and white like oh either you know like absolutism like it's not entirely like oh all free speech or you know none like there is other factors that can come into play where if you just let hate speech run amok, sometimes it, it can lead to other people's voices being smothered by that hate. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think one of the, one of the, uh, you know, just kind of sidestep into a different part of this, you know, before we move on. Um, Cause actually that ties in really well to our next story. Mm. Um, but uh, is how Elon even got all this money to, because of his peculiar, peculiar uh, financial situation, right? Mm-hmm. Of like being like, oh, like, like most of his income, most of his money isn't liquid. It's in his stocks, right? That's how he gets around paying taxes. The, the buy, borrow, die technique where basically, you know, just to sum it up real quickly, you buy assets, you borrow against that those assets from banks. And if you're like someone famous, like Elon Musk, banks are going to be like, yeah, of course. Why? Like, yeah, of course I'll lend you money. You're Elon Musk. And, uh, and they die and then they never have to pay any, uh, capital gains tax on taxes on their, um, on their stocks. So, Basically, like Elon is is straight up like a lot of this money that he's getting to buy this is just straight up like money borrowed uh, from banks, and it's just like I don't know what it is about this guy. It's just like if you, the the feeling I get just like kind of like on a, a smaller level is like all these people just love giving this guy money, including the government. The government loves giving Elon Musk subsidies, and it's just like people just love fucking just giving this dude fucking money. They love they love it, and then you know uh, how long until until uh, Twitter becomes uh, something created by Elon Musk? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask that same question. Yeah, I mean, this is just par for the course for him for buying a 
uh, piece of technology, and then then eventually he'll claim he invented it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the I, like I do. If there's one thing I admire about him, it is how well he games like the narratives in the media. Like, cause I think about it myself. Like, if people were running around and I was in the news tomorrow, and they're like, "Oh, Zach, you know, he's a free speech absolutist. He's tearing down the chains of censorship." You know, dude, he's metagaming, dude. You know? He's metagaming. I would love that if people were saying that about me. I'd be like, "Oh, fuck, I'm doing something right." Like, people are running around calling me a free a, a free speech advocate. Um, you know, and or an a free speech absolutist saying that I'm going to tear down an oppressive social media platform like that's all good PR like he's receiving. I mean, we're talking about him right now. Yeah. It's all good PR. We've talked him. about him for the last three you know, weeks. Yeah, in a row. And I hate it. And I just my main issue with this is to, to quote, quote, Cody Johnson. Elon Musk is not your friend. If anything, he's 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 at, at best. He's an exploitive you know, uh, entrepreneur, and at worst, he's a he's a wannabe fucking digital tyrant. And you know, you know, you know what's the funniest part too is I love looking under Elon Musk's tweets and seeing all the simp's being like, "Oh yeah, the liberals are mad." Notice yeah. me, Elon. Oh, I, I tweeted. I tweeted one thing about Elon Musk the other day. I said I've had Elon Musk blocked on Twitter. Um, for for a couple of years now, and I take satisfaction in that even more now that he's the owner of Twitter. And I got, didn't get any interaction on it other than one response that said, "You're a fucking edge lord," and I was like, "Oh, great, <laughs> great. yeah, yeah, okay. dude, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're you're so edgy being a, an Elon cuck, all right? <laughs> Online, yeah, I, I'm very skeptical. I can't. Yeah. I can't imagine very many ways that this works out for Elon. Yeah, uh, I got in my own, uh, you know, shade and Freud. I kind of hope he uh, totally trashes the platform and becomes a hate speech bastion, and then he loses forty-four billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, it becomes uh, Gab. Really it becomes yeah. Gab or fucking Telegram, and you know. But uh, but listen, let's not pretend that Twitter was already not a cesspool. Like Twitter is like yeah. it has been a cesspool for a long time. And, you know, he's not going to do shit, like you said. It is good for conversation. Like, I feel like Twitter, out of all the social medias, is best at stirring, like, conversation. But and, it's like, a lot of people ones. It's a lot of people talking, but not a lot of good discussion. You know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the back is, and forth on Twitter is no, yeah. always, always It is trapped. hostile. It's always hostile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like you know, and and this is good, like you know, you want to talk about linguistics. This comes down to a base level of tone can't be, you know, explained over text. So you know, and, I mean that's what I feel like a lot of problems boil down to is that you can't exp express tone. Well, if you're a novelist, you can. But yeah, I understand what you're saying over like basic social media, yeah. like quick trans, yeah, quick conversation. Yeah. Over text. So yeah. everything is always taken in the most bad faith possible the absolute most bad faith possible so fuck twitter but i'll still use it because it's probably the best social media platform because I, it's so I wild i honestly think it's yeah. probably my favorite it's, it's my favorite I, out as of well. like out of the biggies like you got your facebook your instagram snapchat i'm not even allowed on um too toxic permanent, for permanently snapchat. from snapchat too toxic for tinder um, you know and you got tiktok now although i will admit i've never given tiktok a fair shake Twitter's probably the one I enjoy the most. Yeah, using it's the um, one I, the one I have the most fun just like browsing and going yeah, down weird. Yeah. Or, or even Reddit, which has been a long time. I've been on Reddit since for for over a decade, and I still use Reddit to this day. But like, I do feel like Reddit is the it closest comparison to Twitter. 
But um, yeah, it Reddit becomes is, echo chambers. Yeah, Reddit's more echo chamber esque than I think Twitter. Well, and means. you also talked about that at the start of the Russia Ukraine shit. Like it really like made you be like, oh, I don't want to yeah. be on Reddit right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think he's just. I mean, like like Andrew said, I'm very, I'm super skeptical of him. I think he's full of shit. I think he's gaming gaming media narratives, and I think he loves all the press that's kind of reacting to him in a way that he's like, oh. You know, bringing down the shackles of oppressive Twitter, you know, <laughs> like that's, you know, that's so fucking come on. Come on. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so cringe. And, it's so cringe. And it's like you said, Andrew, when in history has it has a has something gone to from like kind of I mean, obviously, like it was a shareholders that owned it, which who, who the fuck knows who those people were. But it was a public company to be like one tyrant owns it. When has that ever led to more freedom? Have you seen and, what you have, know, have like, you seen yeah. Jack Dorsey? That guy looks haggard as hell because he's just been through so much bullshit with yeah. Twitter. I mean, the guy sucks, too. Yeah, but, Jack Dorsey's. Yeah, fuck Jack Dorsey. Yeah, too. fuck him. But like, he's probably just like, God, please get me away from this. He's like, I just want to get away from because people get mad. It gets super political. I just want out. I just want out. Maybe one, one last point on this yeah. before we move on. Uh, Donald Trump said he was going to come. Wasn't oh, going yes. to come back to yes. Twitter. Okay. For right. sure, coming back if <laughs> if you know if Elon Musk lets him back on. Oh, definitely. Although, although, although I do enjoy like the format of his like uh, right, when he does like those press statements where it would be like from the desk of the forty fifth president, mm-hmm. and like you know like we talked about the the golf the hole in one man that is still. But yeah, you don't think I? I think he'll probably come Guaranteed back. Guaranteed, yeah. Comes back. There's no way, Guaranteed. dude. He was having too much fun. People, he was reaching well, too he, many people. He's got his own bastion of free speech social media platform. I can't remember what it's called, but he has his own one. Nobody uses it. Well, yeah, um, that's exactly right. He needs <laughs> a, he needs a, a bigger stage. Didn't, didn't he say once like Happy Easter to my to, even to my haters? <laughs> this past Easter, he sent out one from his desk of the 45th president that said Happy Easter even to the radical left. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all know owns Twitter. And thank you, Elon, for buying Twitter to destroy the radical left. Thank you. All right. We can all be happy in that fact. Yeah. Switching gears, though. Um, let's go to this Libs of TikTok story. Um, you know, the Twitter-related story. Twitter, yeah. Or as you like to call it, Titter. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's probably one of the biggest... I mean, probably the biggest piece going on around, you know, that garnered a lot of attention this past week. Technology related pieces, yeah, yeah. Um, on, on on online yeah. social media platforms and whatnot, especially and on Twitter. It was an investigative piece done by a Washington Post reporter, uh, Taylor Lorenz. Um, well, you know, like um, what I was saying was that uh, this libs of TikTok account. Um, I first noticed it on Twitter, um, even though I know they have an Instagram and I'm pretty sure they themselves, they also have a, uh, a TikTok, obviously. Um, but I first noticed them sometime last year and their general posting was that they would take videos, um, from TikTok of, uh, I think the name speaks for itself, liberals of TikTok, right? But, but, but they would take like videos of, in particular, like their favorite targets, a lot of were, queer people, yeah, like queer people, transgender people, um, and especially like LGBT uh, teachers, yeah, you know, and imp- it's obviously conservative Oh, definitely, definitely, because the, the 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 goal is that they're trying to be like, oh, look at how insane liberals are. Like, here's this, you know, transgender student talking about, you know, how they think 
you know, uh, more, you know, right. and, and a issues lot of in classrooms should be talked and about. A, a lot of, and a lot of these videos, if I'm going to be com- completely honest, it's either like cringe or like super annoying. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like stuff that I normally just wouldn't take. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd just be like, whatever, like who cares? This account like boomed in popularity yes. over the past like half year. So let me, Joe Rogan is a noted fan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let me, Joe let me, Rogan. let me, let me just briefly go over some of the points in the article and then we can kind of talk yeah. about it. Well, I, I want to tell my story first. Oh, yeah. Let me tell go my ahead. story. Go for it. So I'm, I'm recently, um, I've been a bit inspired and I have an interest in pursuing a journalist work. I want to be an investigative journalist. And, um, so a couple of, I've interacted with this account before because I felt like they were very like just gross in how they presented basically their thesis is liberals are transgender LGBTQ people groomers who yeah who are trying to manipulate schools in particular but also like like brainwash kids and brainwash um the teachers and 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 others in order to further a gay agenda further the some, gay agenda yeah, brother essentially it's like it's like without it them saying it because obviously now you say that gay agenda stuff it sounds ridiculous in 2022 to say what even to talk about the gay be? agenda but this is what they're implying is that there's some trans agenda some queer agenda some gay agenda of some kind that's perpetuated by quote-unquote liberals and that they're using tiktok to influence your children and their schools and the public into making everybody be gay or trans or fucking whatever that's the gist of it and i've interacted with this account calling them out on their bullshit before the first time i i took note and was like fuck this account was um they had posted a video of a trans man so it was a girl originally yeah, we have to get into all the specifics. It was a girl. She was born as a girl, transitioned to being right, a boy. Sorry, sorry. I just need to break it down simply. <laughs> I, I just need to look. I'm on. I'm What's on this going person's on here? side. What's I'm, going on I'm here? I'm on this person's side. I just need to break it down simply. Person was born as a girl. They transitioned to being a man. They looked like they're maybe in their late teens, early twenties at the oldest, and they had posted a video um, complaining about how they were forced to use the wrong bathroom, i.e. the girls' bathroom when they wanted to use the men's bathroom. And Libs at TikTok posted this video implying that it was a man at birth trying to use the girls' bathroom and was upset about that when, in fact, they had, like, already, because the person is a trans man, is wants to identify as a man, is identifying as a man, you know, and Libs at TikTok posted this being like, oh, look at this guy who's trying to be a woman trying to use the girl's bathroom when <laughs> actually it was the opposite. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, that's and funny. so like, I remember like seeing that and just being like, not only are you guys fucking wrong, but like, what's the point you're trying to make here? Like you're trying to imply that this is a, this is politics when it's, it's not, I understand that like, this is a culture war of politics and like, that's a massive player in how American politics plays out. But to me, these are like non-issues. These aren't fucking real politics political problems that need to be addressed by legislation you know and it upsets me that this is like what certain outlets get hyper fixated on you know and like make this be like oh this is a fucking end all this is a defining political issue of our age so i'm already like upset being like first off you guys are already wrong about like uh, how you're framing this person what they're talking about their situation but be like what does this have to do with politics what other than the fact that this person is trans makes them a liberal i guess you could be trans and be a conservative too you could be trans and be a nazi i guess yeah. you know but like i'm like what the fuck what the fuck is your fucking point in in, in taking this person 
and their complaint about being asked to use a different bathroom than they felt comfortable using, you know, like, like, how does that translate into politics, right? So I'm upset about that. I'm thinking about that. I'm like, really, what they're doing here is they're trying to manipulate the reactionary public, you know, the reactionary public, especially the right leaning reactionary public see something like that and they're like unbelievable uh this trans weirdo is trying to storm their way into a girl's bathroom when there's really a man and they're trying to you know you know diddle children or fucking whatever they think yeah their mind their their mind their mind always goes to that place which is uh real (laughs) sus coming from the republican party so i'd seen repeated stuff from this page before and a few weeks ago i see something and I, I respond to it and I'm like, literally all of what this page is, is a, like essentially a propaganda front. I'm trying to see if I can find um, exactly what I said, but I was like, this page is nothing but like a propaganda front, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like no, they're I trying mean, it's, to... it's basically, so, um, you know, yeah, yeah. So, well, let me just like kind of go over some of the background of like the, the account, how it got there. Um, so basically, um, yes, like we have been saying, the libs of TikTok often shares LGBTQ people just being cringe or annoying to spur outrage in the media, conservative media. Um, and it, the reason why it's important is because it shapes right-wing media, it enacts anti-gay legislation, and it enrages a conservative audience. It's, it's really effective. Um, and like what you were kind of saying, like... It basically signals to other conservative media talking heads on, like, what to be outraged about or, like, what to do, like, a piece on, like, Fox News about. And one of my favorite quotes is, uh, the online influencer Glenn Greenwald has amplified it to his 1.8 million Twitter followers calling himself the account's godfather. Uh, Let me read to you two responses I've made to this page that inspired... Um, what I believed, what I believed I had a good story to make about this libs of TikTok in relation to my investigative journalism. So, um, excuse the language. What? So this is the first thing that I responded to in, in a video where I was like, what the fuck is your fucking point here? So I said, what exactly makes this person a quote unquote lib? Pages like this exist to project some lazy, tired image of a liberal as someone androgynous with dyed hair because a bunch of uninspired Brainwash retards can't imagine anything else. Delete this fucking account, you hack. That was my first interaction with Libs of TikTok, where I was just like, fuck you, you're a fucking hack. Get the fuck out of here. And then and then a week or several weeks later, I'd seen it again because um I think Hassan was arguing with them. Hassan Abi. Oh yeah, and so I responded and I this is where the at where that kind of started this, where I was like, at Libs of TikTok is one of the largest propaganda fronts for far right social slash cultural narratives and agendas and it's not surprising they twist any innocuous video into some oh my god gays are trying to brainwash your kids baiting some outrage fuckery and people just eat that shit up i hate this account with all my heart so those are two times i've I've quote (laughs) i've added libs of tiktok and and responded to them so and it was after that, shortly after that, where one night I'm laying there and I'm seeing this page again and I hate it. I hate it so fucking much. I hate everything they represent. I hate what they're doing. I know what well, the fuck you, they're doing. I know one of the things you, you really dislike a lot about it is that the way they like they mischaracterize like ha- like believing in like leftist yeah. ideas. They're basically and- trying to frame leftism as a as just as like I said there, like, oh, you're androgynous, dyed hair, and and you're fucking queer. You know, and like that's all the leftism yeah, yeah, it's a big is. Straw man, you know, mm-hmm. about you know, yes. liberalism, left left leaning people in general. Exactly, yeah. and so, um, 
one night I'm on there and I see somebody post something interesting. They say, hey, isn't it weird that Libs of TikTok LLC was registered by somebody who was uh, worked for the Bush administration. Isn't that weird? Isn't that funky? I would say that's so, weird. Yeah. What's going and on? So, yeah, what's going on with that? So me with this um, newfound goal to be try and dabble at independent journalism and investigative journalism, I'm like, who the fuck is really behind this account? Because in other appearances they've had on Tucker or with other right-wing voices, they call over the phone anonymously. And it's right. a woman who talks and says, yeah, I was just so disturbed by all this weird queer stuff. Our schools and brainwash our kids and drive our... I was just terrified by the, the direction these liberals yeah. were driving our country and bullshit like that. But I'm like, this doesn't add up. This is a massive page that came up out of nowhere that's playing into some deep-seated reactionary fears about, you know, sexuality and gender. Well, it makes and, it even so much worse that that they're calling into, like, established cable news programming, conservative cable cable news programming. Well, you know, like 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 the, the piece said is that, um, you know, like, it's straight up, like, influenced, like, legislation. Like, that's crazy. That's, they that's were, crazy. The account itself was cited word for word, libs for TikTok or libs of TikTok in the Florida's don't say gay bill. Right. You know, so they have had a massive influence politically. So as I'm thinking about this and I'm seeing that they have an LLC registered under a Bush administration attorney and all that, I'm like, okay, this is in my personal opinion, a very well-funded, and we've talked about this idea of astroturfing that right-wing groups love to do. They like to make something look genuine and independent, and a you grassroots know, yeah, and, and like you know, but secretly behind the scenes, there's a lot of they're well-funded, it's well-orchestrated, and it's well-concerted, directed effort at creating a straw man, like you said, or derailing the political narrative or just villainizing the other political side because I find it interesting also the people that like libs of TikTok, i.e. your Joe Rogan types, who Joe Rogan has a lot of leftist and liberal sensibilities. I do give him that. But then somebody like that sees the libs of TikTok's page and sees the people on there, does it like is, you know, annoyed by it because like you said, these videos are really annoying. Um, when you see these people, you're just like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, even when I see the people that the libs of TikTok page post, I don't hate them. I don't want to go and kill them. But I'm like, that's really fucking annoying. Yeah. But I think people like Joe Rogan, who might have liberal sensibilities, see something like that. And he's like, well, that if that's a liberal, I'm not that. I'm everything except that. Therefore, I cannot be a liberal and I must be something else. Yeah. And I realized that that or what I believe to be the goal of this propaganda front right. for social and the cultural yeah. politics is that this page exists to to steer people who have liberal sensibilities into viewing liberalism as one thing that is kind of off-putting to most, you know, men, especially white men who might have be more liberal and see that shit and then be like, I can't be a liberal because that's who liberals are, an androgynous blue-haired person yelling about bathrooms, you know, and I'm not that, therefore I must be conservative so i think that's the end goal of this account so i started to think in my head i'm like who is really fucking behind this is that their stated goal which i what i believe it to be is that their true goal obviously it's not their stated goal <laughs> but is that their true motive you know um and and i wanted to build this story and investigate more 
And obviously, I don't have the resources that a Washington Post reporter has, so I would have never been able to do anything as in depth yeah, as Tory Lanez. Like did. as soon as you ha- uh, Taylor, Taylor Lanez, Tory Lanez is an uh, Taylor Lorenz, <laughs> but yeah, but but like you know, also like you know. It, it, so that's my that's my little bit of personal. I have a personal, somewhat of a personal stake in this story, which yeah. makes it it makes it personal because I love I love what she did. I think she did a brilliant job. No, and did she did way better job. than anything I could ever do because I don't have those resources. And She's and getting, and she's getting, and you know, I'll get into that a little later. But she's getting like dragged by conservative media. They're calling her a cry bully, which is a term I've never heard before. Cry bully, yeah, because she is, she's been like. Well, we'll get into like the doxing aspect of it, but let me just let me get back okay, into yeah, this story. I just wanted to give my yeah, no, no, no. I understand. Of it was, this, it was why I hate this it was page also, and the fact that I had a story brewing, and it wasn't, and it was just a couple weeks later that I saw that a professional journalist was working on the story, and it's like, dude, I had a fucking good one on the line. Yeah. I had a good. I just didn't know uh, what to do idea. with it. I just didn't know what to do with it because I'm not a journalist. Yeah. I never took a journalist class in my yeah. life. Well, so next time, just you need to precog it wow. months in the <laughs> um but yeah so anyway back to the story let's it will get, get to like who this person is so glenn greenwald amplified this count first off he's like oh my god this is so funny because he is someone who was a, le- a leftist but was like disparaged by liberal media and he has like kind of like a petty grudge with them so now he panders to conservatives just hating on um you know liberal media uh, and so, yeah, so Fox News often like like literally like uses it as content for their show. They create packages around it being like, look what the libs are up to this week, you know. And so the person behind it, her name is Chaya Raychik. And she's a Taylor, real Taylor Lorenz uncovered this. Right. Yeah, because until this story was released, yeah, she was anonymous. Yeah. So she's a living a, a real estate person in Brooklyn. Um who created this account under her first handle. She tried to be like, Oh, COVID isn't real. Uh, you know, the election's fake and talked about child sex trafficking rings, normal, like Q stuff, you know, then she changed it to Shea underscore Ray. Identifying herself publicly as a real estate investor in Brooklyn, which is interesting because yes, she's not using her name in it, but she's already like giving out some of her. She's already has given out some of her info before, and now they're trying to be like, "Oh, Taylor Lorenz doxed her and you know put her in danger, whatever." So yeah, she singled signaled a lot to like the Q crowd, you know, being like, "Hey, this one's for my Q homies," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was at January 6th live tweeting it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, So she's in the thick of the fuckery. <laughs> by early last March, she pivoted to a... So she's like, she's someone who's like trying, trying to get a, a page that's popping off, right? All right. So she starts off just like being like a normal, like cringe, you know, reactionary. Then, you know, uh, storming the Capitol. That's fun. Now... She has a parody account titled Houseplant POTUS, pretending to tweet as if she was a houseplant living with President Biden. Yeah, probably a response to the Twitter account Biden's dog, which is a, a socialist. Uh, Let me talk about something. Uh, uh, on, maybe it was on a podcast or something else, uh, but that there's a real uh, like Republican line for people who seem to be getting popular on social media. That, uh, you know, people from Republican media will come up and say, you know, there's a lot of money to be made mm. in 
you know, so, guerrilla conservative media. It's so easy to be yeah. a conservative comic. Well, it sounds yeah. like this is somebody who maybe got their toes wet and then was, in a, you know, then approached like, hey, what we'd like to do is have you find all the examples you can so that we can then feature them as like a, oh, this person just happens to be outraged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. I definitely do think yeah. that's how it went, that she so, started to dabble and then and then the conservative propaganda machine noticed how how lucrative a page like that could be and then reached out to her. And then that was when the LLC was made under the right. Bush administration so, so, attorney and whatnot. Um, but the plant parody account never took off. On April 19th, she pivoted her account once again to Libs of TikTok. That was April 19th of last year. Um, Libs of TikTok got its first big break, as you mentioned, when Joe Rogan started promoting the account and he called it Libs of, T- Libs of TikTok is one of the greatest fucking accounts of all time. It's powerful. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Uh, by January. That shit's not powerful. That shit's whack. By January of this year, Rachik's page was leaning hard into the groomer discourse. And I saw that myself, like, and I probably, you probably have noticed it too, where they start going like, oh, these teachers are talking about their sexuality. Well, they're talking about their gender expression, but they confuse it for sexuality. And then they're like, oh, they're trying to groom your kids, you know? And basically it's just like playing to like the most reactionary of reactionary types of just being like, oh. I mean, like, look, right wing politics has, conservative politics has been fueled for decades by think of the children from the satanic panic in the 80s to violent video games um you know to like you know family value stuff that's all conservative politics socially uh has played into the oh think of the children and think of the family the children fuck the children (laughs) they've used that as one of their main like go-to's because how do you say oh fuck the children you know in all reality yeah you could say that but you know yeah. It doesn't play well when you're on the, you know, campaign trail. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, um, she, but the, the thing is, is that she's also like made up stories. She's made up like a lot of stories and just like taking a video and then turning it into something like recently. I don't know if you, you remember this, but she was, she claimed that a school was, uh, for boys and girls who, uh, identified as cats and they installed litter boxes in the bathrooms for children. <laughs> wasn't a real, wasn't a real story. Yeah, go figure. Yeah. You know, think about that. Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on, dude. I mean, although it would be kind of funny if I like, if I was like in school and there's just some kid shitting in a litter box. In math class. <laughs> that would be the highlight of algebra. Dude, that's so funny. But so, um, Basically, she's trying to create this narrative that adults who treat teach children about like LGBTQ identities are abusive, and that being gender nonconforming is a mental illness, and referred to schools as a government-run indoctrination camps for the LGBTQ community. By March. Libs of TikTok was directly impacting legislation. DeSantis Press Secretary Christina Pushaw credited the account with 
opening her eyes and informing her views on the state's restrictive legislation that bans the discussion of sexuality or gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. Yeah, what a bunch of bullshit. As if her as if her views weren't already solidified. Yeah. And this wasn't some sorry excuse to say, now yeah. I yeah. see the light. <laughs> yeah, now I see it. So yeah, and basically that that shit got signed and passed and it's like it's crazy that this all spawned from an orthodox Jewish lady in Brooklyn who's orthodox Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. And uh she uh you know is basically like not only like given life to conservative, you know, talking heads but also like you know I, it's and it's crazy that Joe Rogan plays a part. I'm like the fact that like man, the fact that stories man and they come back and then the roads lead back to Joe Rogan. As a longtime fan, it's just like, oh my God. well, as a major talking head of the conservative media machine, I think it's pretty uh, obvious. Yeah, I mean, especially nowadays with how he is, I think like yeah, ten years ago he wouldn't have given a fuck about a libs of TikTok. I mean, there obviously was yeah. no TikTok, but. You know, he wouldn't have given a... F- now, now I think that kind of stuff plays well with his audience, you know, to say, oh, yeah. you know, check out this. Aren't they fucking crazy and weird? And, you know, we're badass, remember? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I don't necessarily think that all this is spawned from her. I think that she just is good at amplifying that outrage. That outrage, you know, and, and the most disturbing uh, result of this is how it it actually leads to like further censorship you know to bring it back to the censorship that occurs on twitter you know um a couple months ago on a a recording i was talking about book bannings and book and the um uptick in book bannings that have been occurring lately in the u.s as a result of crt outrage and crt fears that's right and i think that when you have something like libs of tiktok saying look um, here we have transgender people or LGBT, whatever people like, um, you know, in our schools, you know, indoctrinating your kids with their messaging and people believe that um, then it, you do see real world results resulting in in the form of censorship because because now that stuff that don't say gay bills and stuff has passed due to outrage fueled by out behind the outrage from stuff like this. And it results in real world, oh, now topics are banned in schools. Now there's certain topics we can't teach in schools. Now certain books are censored in schools because of the outrage that's fueled by pages like Libs of TikTok or others who, you know, promote CRT. You're trying to make white children feel bad for being white. So I guess my main point is like a lot of this fear mongering and outrage about race or gender or sexuality yeah, it's it's it plays well in in social media and and on the news, but there is some real life consequences that result in further censorship and further oppression in our classrooms. Topics are banned, books are censored, teachers can't say can't be fully yeah, it honest with their students. Gives a lot of justification. Students. Yeah, you know this astroturfing. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, not everyone will look far enough into it to see that it is you know a fake grassroots movement, but saying. Uh, people just like you, you know, uh, feeling this way. And it's not, no, it's not just some uh, conservative report. We really found somebody like this. It's, uh, you know, those are the sort of things that shift, uh, you know, I, I feel like PTA meetings and, and uh, you know, people who don't particularly, uh, you know, 
look in beyond headlines. Yeah, yo, just on like a side note, isn't it crazy? Like d- during COVID, how wild PTA meetings became. <laughs> like it became like a straight up like brawling ground. <laughs> I don't know much about PTA meetings because I don't attend any. Well, no, <laughs> but like you, was, you probably saw some of the videos like on Twitter. Like they would post PTA meetings. Yeah, like, like people, people like, like blowing up at like PTA. I meetings. I saw like maybe like town halls. Maybe they were PTA meetings. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh, anyway. The point like is the masks and stuff. Whatever. Yeah, my children's are wearing masks. You're trying to muzzle my children, and you know, and yeah. I I just I think this story is just interesting. Yeah, and, and I think that you know it's crazy how I think it gives you a good lens into like how conservative media really uses reactionary politics and fear-mongering and outrage to really fuel legislation at the far end and fuel at the end of the day even censorship and oppression like like they turn what is like oh i'm upset i'm afraid whatever about my kids you know seeing things that i don't like whatever and how that can eventually snowball in into the actual legislative side of things and then we end up with further you know censorship and oppression in places that you know that 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 plays well with you know for pol for pol- politicians you know yeah. to appeal to their base or whoever by being like oh okay i will ban these books it's like how florida recently banned math books you know and if you looked at the math books and results of their their uh, crt yeah, you know why because it was bill, gay math that's why well, <laughs> well what it was was that the math book had presented like a diagram and it was not even like done in the context of politics it was just a diagram that it had like a it was like oh if you align if you identify with liberal politics you're most likely to less perceived as racist where if you identify with conservative politics you're more likely to like be perceived as racist like something that was like a study that was presented in a math book to just like a statistics or or something class you know and that book was banned because of that graph yeah Yeah, and what's what's even uh sadder that i feel about this it really prevents real discourse you know i'm I, i generally don't like you know people who think the whole world is a stage and we're all uh you know just watching all this fakery but yeah. here's a legitimate case of some fuckery that's going on and uh i'm sure there are real people who feel this way and of course this is playing to their you know uh poor imp- impulses but uh you know it's easier to assume now that like oh you know maybe that person's just a you know um a fake page stirring up bullshit. Um, I'd much rather have a real conversation with somebody who feels this way than, than um, you know, have to think about, oh, well, maybe, you know, yeah, this is just, just some nonsense. nonsense. Maybe trans people don't deserve to, you know, be forced into killing themselves. Uh, honestly, like I, like I said earlier, like I think conservative politics in the U.S. has done this for a while now where like especially like in the 80s the religious right was born out of stuff like the satanic panic yeah like, oh, yeah, to teach yeah you know what's to your kids no you know what's you know what's interesting and, is that like if you like look back even as not that far long like far well, i mean I guess it is 20 like 20 years ago but like the early 2000s the religious right were like they were like what they think the liberals of today are, you know, like trying to like police, you know, speech yeah. and trying to like, there was like, I remember there was one guy. And who, they still are. If you think about it, they're yeah. policing speech in schools. If you can't say I'm gay, if you're a right. teacher, if a student asks, you know, 
do you why do you have a husband mr o'reilly and he says i'm gay he's not allowed to say that like isn't that policing speech yeah no it is it is it is it is look the 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 reality is is that you know it discourse i mean people don't want to have fucking discourse all right let's just be honest you people know they just want to they just want to be want to be upset they just want to be that's too damn bad it's a necessary part of a democracy and a functioning society no i just want to get angry gay satanists in the schools they're trying to teach cultural marxism to my young boy so uh yeah fuck libs of tiktok we'll end it on that um but you had on another interesting story uh, you kind of brought when we were talking before we recorded about this himbo food influencer oh yeah so this is also a media social media related one but uh, not so political so uh just quick quick Back backstory in February 2021, Bon Appetit removed a Leon video about seafood canning after viewers. He has a show on the Bon Appetit, um, pu- through the Bon Appetit publication called It's Alive, where he basically the uses experimental means to uh ferment meat essentially. <laughs> yeah, an amateur meat fermenter, dude. What could go wrong? Um, so after, uh, so basically after this video about seafood canning, uh, there was warnings of a potential botulism yeah, risk. His, his audience basically called him out and they're like, yo dude, like it's cool, cool. But, um, <laughs> you know, this could be actually pretty dangerous. Like you have like a live colony of bacteria forming and maybe some of that bacteria is not safe to ingest. <laughs> I apologize. And if you did see the recent, it's a live episode, please don't water bathe your cans. Then he had to apologize again because uh, uh, he joked about in a, a June 2017 vid- video, oh, no one's gotten botulism since 1920. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and recently, the the reason why he's kind of come back up is he the same earlier this month he was fermenting pastrami, right? <laughs> and the same concerns were raised. He wanted to experiment with curing meat naturally, and um, yeah, dude, no, <laughs> this is why we have the FDA. <laughs> but you know, um, well, I was I was telling you that I saw that some of his some of the stuff he's marketed. Um, he had a shirt that says, uh, it's alive approved, but not FDA approved. Uh, and <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this guy, I, I mean, I think what the concern here is this guy's publishing these videos and kind of with the idea that the audience who's watching it can then go and try this at home. Try and pickle your own pastrami. Try and ferment your own seafood. Why does that sound dirty? Pickle <laughs> your pastrami. Why don't you pickle your pastrami? <laughs> so... So that the audience would watch this and be like, I want to try pickling my own pastrami. I want to try fermenting my own seafood. And that they would like use the same methods that Brad Leone uses in his videos. And because of the fact of like meat, when you kind of just have it in a place, you know, sitting there stagnantly. Like, yeah, the bacteria (laughs) forms on it, you know. Oh, that's a good flavor. That's flavor. That's flavor country. It's why you don't go around around eating, like, dead roadkill in the middle of the street. Nah, 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 nah. That's flavor country. If you saw that movie, The Power of the Dog, recently, uh, 
Um, the main character, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, keeps warning them to stay away from the dead cattle because there might be anthrax in the carcass of dead cattle. That's you know? right. And, um, yeah, and uh, so basically he kind of touts himself as this test kitchen amateur uh, cook slash chemist. But, you know, and, and showing these recipes and with the implication that, hey, try this at home. Almost, I don't know if he's saying it outright. I've never watched any of his videos in, you know, full honesty. Yeah. But I, I think the gist is like, why don't you just go ahead and try this yourself? And a lot of times the viewers are like, yo, dude, this ain't fucking safe. And people could get really fucking sick. Yeah, obviously. And um, yeah. he's since, I think, been pulled most almost entirely from Bon Appetit. Mm. I mean, it makes sense. He's a he's a he's a biological terrorist, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is a self-proclaimed fer- fermentation expert. That's what I'm seeing here. <laughs> he and he, fo- and he his, his show focuses on a home curing and preservation. He makes foods like sauerkraut and pickles that humans once relied on for a long time to store their food prior to refrigeration. The wonderful, the wonderful, of yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, uh, it's just a weird. It's a weird lane. It's a weird lane to be in. Being like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna market myself as the guy who likes to ferment meat, like a fermentation expert. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could shed some light on this, Andrew. I don't know if you know or not, but is there a risk of botulism if you were to like, let's say, with his his pastrami, if he's fucking naturally curing this? I don't know the exact method he's using, but if you're naturally curing pastrami or naturally trying to ferment seafood is there a risk or a danger of, of bot- similar to what sarin gas does to you and i know the government for years experimented with botul with the botulism of bacteria it's also what's in botox and for years the government experimented with botulism and other things that could create a similar effect in things such as sarin gas and vx nerve agent um were the two most famous that um there's a famous story where like the they like accidentally spilled VX nerve agent over a field in <laughs> Scotland and it killed like a giant like herd of like sheep yeah. and stuff and it's essentially like the same mechanism where you contract it and your entire body is unable to or contracts or is unable to con- con- contract and your diaphragm can no longer work to pull air into your lungs, right? Yeah, one way or another. That's how I, you die I from staring gas. If, uh, it's a slightly different mechanism. Uh you know, uh, I, I war believe, crimes. <laughs> they act on the same pathway. I can't remember if uh, VX is, uh, you know, something that will cause spasms or cause uh, flaccidity. But uh, yeah, it's the same same pathway of muscle contraction. You know, so the the great thing about botulism is that you know if you heat things to over eighty five C uh, for greater than five minutes, you're gonna denature the toxin and it's not gonna hurt you. You know. And even, you know, they say babies, you know, don't feed babies honey because it might have, uh, you know, botulism spores, which are like dormant bacteria. If I want to get rid of my baby, feed it Well, that's fine. You can eat botulism spores all you want. You know, you'll be fine. (laughs) The the real harm comes in like promoting bacterial formation and then not dealing with it, which seems obvious in retrospect, but... If you're a fermentation expert, shouldn't you know which are the good ones and which are the bad ones yeah, and that's, which, what risk you're putting yourself at? That's what I'm seeing here is that experienced home, can, home canners pointed out to Brad 
that it's impossible to safely preserve seafood using only this water bath method that he was using and that it would be a prime breeding ground for botulism. Well, not to um, mention fermentation is too specific a term for dealing with canning and... Well, they say, <laughs> I'm seeing here that they say it's a low acidic environment that allows uh, botulism to thrive in, um, especially like in jars of fish as this guy was doing last year. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think you that, when you what I'm seeing here is when you uh when you pickle something, you want to make sure it's ex acidic enough that it's hostile to any okay. bad bacteria, and then so when that you, they when die. You can stuff or jar stuff, then you heat it up so much. You yeah, know, um, nah, that that dude. something nah, that can exist. Just killing the flavor, dude. You're just killing the flavor. I want you to eat a big, <laughs> full tablespoon of botulism bacteria, Clostridium botulinum. So this is, a, let me read you Brad's statement. So since this second video with the pastrami was posted, Brad has apologized, removed it from his page and stated, I apologize again and will do better as a teacher and a student of food. <laughs> well, good for him. I think that's pro yeah. appropriate. And, well, wait, uh, that was, that was the first one for the fish. <laughs> yeah. And then I went and did it again. <laughs> <laughs> because in the recent one with the pastrami that brought this story back out into light um he it says he uh, it says here that again experienced cameras were looking at it and we're like that's not what pastrami should look like it's lacking a traditional pink color because he safely failed to use any uh of the a significant amount of nitrate that would um i guess that is necessary for curing meats to in order to prevent it from you know bacteria from preventing bacteria to prevent bacteria from forming the meat yeah. by overall <laughs> just a nitrates. really bad idea if you're <laughs> presenting yourself as an expert maybe try not to make stupid mistakes that's right that Andrew. would be my final word on it yeah no it's it's a very uh, <laughs> i dude i feel like if you're jarring your own shit you're you're a really strange person let me, let me i i think i would jar stuff yeah. Maybe I'm a very weird person, but uh, I'm picturing fine. you with like you having like a, a basement that has like embryos and like vats and, and like loose eyeballs. You've never seen my basement. Then. Yeah, dude. That's exactly what it looks like. People ferment their own liquor and stuff, you know. So it's like essentially the same hobby, you know. Of like, you know, that's what I actual could, fermentation I could, is. I could see you going out that way, dying from your own homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely. See you going that way. <laughs> uh, let me read you a tweet that, or this was an Instagram response that somebody gave to Brad. So this person says, Hey, I made that brisket recipe just as you described it, and now I have absolutely atrocious diarrhea. I mean, mind boggling diarrhea. <laughs> Did this happen to you after you ate it? Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, those old Oregon Trail games where you got dysentery or you got. Um, cholera or whatever. Those are all bacteria too that you could possibly catch from improperly curing meat, you know. And guess what? People die. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I think you know I I just think hey you know if you're out there you want to jar your own stuff probably a bad idea. Well, the the and funniest thing about this story to me is like Brad has made a point of time and time again. You know, he calls this show It's Alive, like, you know, implying the fermentation process is, you know, you're you're using bacteria to, like, cook things or preserve things in some way. I don't know. But his show is called 
it's alive and he's constantly made a joke of like skirting FDA regulations and skirting basic safety measures in making these foods, you know, which, you know, is fun to an extent until you end up with atrocious diarrhea. Is that yeah, there you go. Described? So, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, I, I, I don't it's know. It's part of the experience. It's, yeah, it's you're right. Experience. It's part of the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this... Uh, I think the main point is, look, if you're going to go and can stuff, I know you hate that idea, Bosco, but there's some people out there that like canning and fermenting things. And I like... You like pickled goods, don't you? I, I, like, I, I, like, I like me some kimchi. Yeah kimchi stuff, stuff like, like that, that. it's fun, fun to eat and it might be fun to do on your own to ferment your own alcohol or ferment your own and and yeah, brine and pickle your own pastrami and your own seafood yeah but you got it like obviously you it's, it's there's a little bit of a risk that comes with it and if you follow if you follow tr- tried and true traditional methods that people have used for hundreds of years you'll probably be safe you'll probably be fine but if you go the bradley own route of going off and experimenting off the cuff especially when you don't quite know what you're doing and you're just an online influencer and you're and you stand the risk of contracting anything from horrible diarrhea to possibly a botulism and contracting your diaphragm until you can't breathe after you ate that weird funky pastrami you know so i think the point is here the greater story here is that these a lot of these people on on social media now like you know come out there from whether it's elon musk libs of tiktok or bradley Owen. i want to connect all three here so these people come online they tout a lot of bullshit they tout a lot of bullshit and when you and when you're online a lot of people lack I think uh, these days lack media literacy. So yeah. people see stuff like this and they eat it up. They eat it up. It's it's fun. It's it's hot. Literally. It's hot. You know, <laughs> it's hot. You know, whether what Elon Musk is saying is very provocative and believable and it, and it feels good to hear, you know, or libs at TikTok getting angry about that shit they post. It feels good to get angry and outraged about that, you know, or Bradley owns fucking cooking channel. I go th- between all three all in one night. I'm between Elon Musk's Twitter page. I'm looking at libs to TikTok, I'm watching Brad Leone. It feels good to watch Brad fucking pickle that pastrami and fucking eat it up, and I want to pickle it too myself. But you gotta be wary of all this, of all this shit these online social media influencers peddle. Because A, they're in it for the clicks and the views. They're gonna do things that get some attention and get some of the sponsorships and get some whatever their objectives are, whether it's it's economic, political, or 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 just you're, you're a wild also, guy with some random meats. Also, you know? <laughs> so, so I, I think I, I like, think I heard this. I think I heard this I, saying. I, I and I damn main, good wrap up. I think my I main think, point is be wary of what of how much stock you put into and invest into these social media personalities. I think also you kind of the there's a tried and true saying that every man and woman and MB wants to be a t-shirt salesman. All right. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a t-shirt salesman, all right? And that's the bottom line. But um what So be wary of yeah. of what of how much you trust these yeah. online personalities, well, whether it's Elon Musk, Libs of TikTok, or poor old Bradley Owen from Bon Appetit. Let's talk about uh, other pedal things. Well, you know what's funny, Andrews, we're having So this is random, but um Wait, hold, la- on. Wait hold on. I think So the last thing I wanted to talk about um, is, uh, this is a big one. It's a big one. This is a really important one. A really important. This one's super serious. It's Johnny Depp's defamation trial. <laughs> dun dun dun. That's been big news. It has it defamation has. or defecation trial. Oh <laughs> shit. Oh. <laughs> you know what's so funny about it is like 
I feel like you never get that view inside the courtroom, and this whole thing has been like live <laughs> yeah, streamed. Right. Bro, you know? bro, when Johnny Depp, case. when Johnny Depp is being questioned, there have one cam on Johnny, and then the other cam yeah. on Amber Heard. It's like a TV show. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? She hasn't gone up to the. She hasn't gone up to the. Um, to be like questioned yet. I think she's going to be like the very last. It's going to be big news. Oh man, that's going to be wild. Spectacle. Oh my God. Well, you know, it's like they say, the OJ Simpson trial changed everything yeah. because it was after that trial that they're like, oh shit, fucking trial, big profile cases with a celebrity, super profitable for the media. Right. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to talk about and just in, in the, um, on this topic is, you know, when these allegations first came out about, I think it was like about like a year or two years ago, um, I I was like, yeah, okay, Johnny Depp's a woman beater. Fuck him. He sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I will fully admit I was fully on like, you know, I, I had no reason to not believe it. You know, there was pictures of like her with like, you know looking all bruised and I remember the conversation because I said I like Johnny Depp or what I say when I took that Myers-Briggs personality test and then whatever I scored it was like oh famous people that have the same personality and when the top one was Johnny Depp <laughs> yeah, I was like oh cool you're you admitting something right now yeah <laughs> but the thing is is that and that was when you said he's a woman beater and I was like what no the thing that's the thing that's the thing that's interesting about this is that not, I, the thing that's taught me too, especially, is that nothing is ever like black and white. And my old think and my thinking back then, you know, I definitely probably in my life had more like kind of dogmatic, kind of like stubborn views. But like, you know, like when you actually like think about it, like, so they had this uber toxic relationship that was definitely mutually toxic. Let's, you know, let's be honest. And basically it ends and then she's just like, okay, well I'm going to come out and, and just say all the bad things that he did and, and to kind of like gain, um, kind of ride the with rhythm of the me too movement. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, it's kind of gross. Yeah. Because she did come out with these accusations in the height of that hashtag right. me too stuff. Yeah. Right. And so she's like, she became like a speaker after this. Like she did like lectures and stuff like that about how is she famous? Is she's she an actress. Famous? She's, she's a, an she, actress she was an herself. actress. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where's she in? Um, she's well. She, recently, she's in the new. She's in Aquaman. The one with uh, Jason Momoa. Okay. She has. She's like you know. She's a very forgettable character in it. Like okay. I, I've never seen a movie in her. The only movie <laughs> I can honestly think that other than that that I've seen her in is Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> this is really random, but isn't there's like? Oh some... wait, she's she's in um she's in uh trop. No, no. What's the fucking uh, weed? Seth Rogen movie Pineapple Express. Yeah. She's the she's the girl he dates. She's the girl he dates that's in uh, high school. Which really? by the way is, <laughs> no, it's another right. like, but um, yeah. Uh, this is really random. Um, isn't there like some girl names where you hear the name and you're like that's a hot girl name? Yeah. Amber, isn't that Amber like oh. a classic like hot girl name? Yeah. Yeah. Amber Tory. <laughs> well, another really like interesting part of this is that they're both like very they're both they're both very beautiful people. All right, they're both very hands. You know. Thank you. Yeah. You too, Andrew. Amber's yeah. a very <laughs> handsome woman. A handsome woman. <laughs> but, 
But well, the thing was, uh, Bosco was looking over here directly at us, and he was like, "That's two very beautiful people." <laughs> you, look great um, today, Zach. you look great today. Okay. <laughs> so here, I love that quaff you got. Your okay. Hair up, okay. Up all right. right, right, right. It's a lot of effort. So <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's interesting, and I too think, bad it's a podcast format and not a, <laughs> one day we'll stream. Imagine, imagine someone that you're dating, right? And then they come out and you have this super toxic relationship and then they go and then they come out and they just start telling everybody like, oh, my God, Zach was so abusive. He was I, I'm just going to use you as the <laughs> example. Um, <laughs> well, I, same personality type. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you would let's be honest. Would you be surprised if they're like, oh, yeah, yeah no, I was literally <laughs> just saying super before abusive. this, Zach, <laughs> super Zach, angry. Zach will die at the hands of his next his lover of 100 um, percent. But so, like okay so you know you date someone and then they go oh zach he was beating me he was doing drugs and drinking typical <laughs> he was he was you know it was a very toxic relationship and but they made it ve- that's what they all say <laughs> but they made it very like seem very one-sided right they seem like oh zach was but they're not talking about the times where you know maybe she gets physically violent, mm-hmm. which in I've been there, bro. I've been there. First <laughs> off, the crazy part about all of this is that th- there's so many different recordings because this relationship got so toxic at one point. They were literally stealth recording each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I haven't seen much of this trial or the videos. The funniest, the one I saw that was the funniest to me where she was like recording him and he's like in the kitchen slamming cupboards and he goes up to like a chalice, but it's one of those mason jar chalices where yeah. it's got like the long and stem pours it all that the way leads up. up to a mason jar and he grabs a bottle of wine and pours it like to the brim and she's yeah. like really it's nine in the morning he's like yeah fuck yeah i don't and, care you know what? and during and all like, this and during all him. this i've realized more and more that johnny depp really is a theater kid because like everywhere he talks he's like you know i had a touch of purple that's what he, <laughs> he is called and yes and they're like uh mr depp in that video you were seen drinking a mega pint and he goes mega pint Interesting, <laughs> and he goes like, he's like, I'm gonna use he's like isn't future. it early in the isn't it early in the day for you know be drinking or were you drunk in this? And he's like, well, happy hour can be any hour. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever started drinking at night in the morning? Not, but it turns out in that vi- it turns out in the in that okay, video yeah. in that video, which makes it even gross. She was stealth recording him, and. He was upset because his mom had just died. That was literally the day his mom. Look, if there's any day you're allowed to wake up at nine in the morning and pour yeah. yourself a glass of wine to the brim, yeah. it's the day after your mom died. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, you know, Johnny Depp, he's struggled a lot with addiction. Uh, weird, a, a weird thing, especially now, knowing what we know now about Marilyn Manson, his name gets brought up a lot in this trial. would be like... Oh, was uh, Mr. Depp hanging out with Marilyn Manson? <laughs> and now that you know... Uh, the new face of villainy. <laughs> yeah, Marilyn Manson. Oof. Um, but I don't know. I find I find it interesting because um, the she seems like a very controlling person. She seems like a person who wanted, throughout this whole relation, wanted to control the narrative, wanted to control, like, not let Johnny speak for himself. And basically, she was gaslighting him. And a lot of these these clips, 
it's just textbook gaslighting. Like, like in the one I, you might've heard this one, but where she goes like, I, I was not punching you. I did not cold cock you. I was hitting you. And it's just like, okay, like, come on. <laughs> like you need, like she's she, being like uh pedantic. Yeah. About and manipulative too. Like, and also like, she was like, she would like, like, there are so many details. We don't, it is too many to like go all into. But like, for example, she would be like, oh, well, you know, he would be so drunk at night and I would see him puke in his sleep multiple times. And Johnny Depp's like, wouldn't I notice the next morning if there was puke all over my bed? Like, she was deliberately like trying to like weaponize Johnny Depp's abuse against him and, um, uh, drug abuse. And, so basically, I, I think Johnny Depp did, did probably get physical with her at some point. But it from all matters, like, I mean, like, she straight up sliced part of his finger off uh, by throwing a bottle at him, which was wild. Uh, like, she used uh, allegedly makeup to create the impression that she was bruised and battered and certain, which is very weird. Um yeah, she just looks really like it looks like someone being like, I am the victim of domestic abuse. And then you hear like just hours of audio being like, just like the most like, <laughs> like manipulative gaslight girl boss gatekeep, you know, <laughs> just like just straight up like being a control freak. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's important to like kind of be like, hey, you know, like. The abuse, uh, yes, most of the time it does come from the man. Yes, most of the times it does. But it can also be the other way around. And I, I think you kind of hit on something that I think is important to remember. You know, when you see these events unfold, like within the public sphere, whether it's Johnny Depp or Marilyn Manson, as you mentioned, or others who get accused of abuse, you know, the old cliche, I think, always rings true because when you see these incidents play out in your personal life amongst people you know, you realize, like, there's always two sides to everything. Like, it takes right. two and there is two sides. Like, yeah, okay, obviously something could happen where one person will look a lot worse, especially if they lose their cool big time right. and get and get physical, especially, or, or get really, you know, angry, you know, but, like, you don't ever see the full picture you know, and, and once you hear from both people, you can see, you can look at both people and be like, yo, I understand why this person's upset and angry and why they got so mad. And you can also hear from the other person and be like, look, I understand also why that person's upset and angry. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of times in these, especially domestic disputes and issues between yeah. partners, it, it's not always cut and cut and dry like black and white like oh one person is the aggressor and the other is the innocent well, victim and, and you know? the, uh, of course that can happen yeah but no I, no yeah I, I think it's definitely both but she definitely like in these recordings like do you think she's the the do you think he's completely innocent of no, things and she's no. just this evil no i definitely you know? think i definitely i definitely think it's a bit of both for sure but I definitely think she was a lot more abusive than she let on when she was going into an interview and then basically, you know, uh, you know, making all these allegations that killed Johnny Depp's career. He got replaced with Ezra Miller, who we were joking about the other day, who's literally just driving around Hawaii, punching people and threatening the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> like, he's like a fucking complete psycho. In the new Harry Potter movie that completely flopped. Yeah. Flopped so hard I didn't even know there was a new Harry Potter movie until I heard that it flopped. And, you know, it, it's just like... Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... I, I don't know, man. It's just... 
you know, the guy is just like, this girl completely made it impossible for me to work again. And it wasn't as... That's where the libel case comes in. Right. That, because libel in with, with I've heard this, um, libel with like big companies is easier, is an easier case than libel between like two individuals. Like if it's a libel case that a company's suing on, it's easier for like a big entity to win a libel case. Yeah. But think, between person, think, per, like individuals, it's super fucking I, difficult. And you have to prove that the person knowingly lied and lied with the intention of like harming your career and harming your income. Well, so so I think there's a possibility he could win this case, sure, but I don't think he even cares if he wins. I just think that he wants some of this like audio and stuff to come out and be like, "Look, I like I, I he seems He's to- trying that he's doing damage control is what you're saying by bringing this to court. Mm-hmm. By saying like, "Hey, I'm not this horrible guy yeah. that needs to have his career But but even down but even this. even like he, I'm not perfect. No, but, but no, he seems to be like in the kind of between the two. He's I don't know. I haven't heard from her yet. I haven't heard her testimony. Um, but you know, it seems like he's like very much like introspective, trying to be like, yeah, you know, I was not perfect. I've struggled a lot with addiction, but this toxic relationship, man, it was bad for both of us. Yeah. And but it wasn't just like you know it wasn't just like Johnny Depp just like like whacking her over the head with a bottle like it was like straight up like like she sliced part of his finger off the most important one and we'll end it on this allegation the pooping in the bed I mean <laughs> the uh, defecation yeah wait, wait wait before that before that before that I also had to mention too that in some of the recent out uh, revelations there's. Like been audio recording where she she does like the oh well if you leave me I would die, which is a typical like you know like manipulative like tactic, yeah. and it's 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 look it's really toxic because obviously there's all this fucking recording like <laughs> like imagine every detail of your relationship with someone like put under a microscope and you were also secretly recording each other that is like. <laughs> Oh, just the worst possible situation I can imagine. I mean, come on. Oh, God. It's just so messy. Like, yeah. in any relationship, you know, not even even some of the good ones. Like, who knows? You know, you can't. Imagine okay, going through an argument with the significant other. And you're like, you're bringing up old shit. And I didn't mean that. But then doing all that under oath with recording. <laughs> I mean, oh, God, it just sounds. Oh, and then front page news also. Yeah, the oh, yeah, day. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and like, that's another part, too, is that like their texts are being dis, uh, you know, like combed through and like Johnny Depp's test will be like, you know, he's like, we'll burn her and, you know, because she's a witch. We'll drown her and burn her. He's like talking to some other person whatever and it's just but the 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 poopy in the bed the poopy in the bed in the bed dude dude (laughs) dude my god that is the funniest that's the what an out of left field that happened I mean, bro. I don't think I've ever been mad enough at someone that you wanted to go shit in their, in their bed. bed. Like, so she, shit. where does that come from? She shit in. That's I've like made a, that joke before, before maybe. Yeah. Like I'm gonna that's fucking like a, shit in your that's bed. That's like but. a feral animal move. <laughs> like to fer- actually do that to like go from like I'm just joking about pooping in my dad's shoes to actually pooping in my dad's yeah. shoes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a spur of the moment thing. You got to get up there. You got to get yourself in the right headspace. You got to lay a fucking log and that whole time you have to stay ultra pissed off 
Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All holding yeah. in a giant blind. I mean, you have to be able to piss off at the right time. What if you just shit? And now yeah. you're like, now I'm out. Give me a few hours. But you, you gotta wait, wait till tomorrow morning to drink my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know what's... Pissed me. Like, all right, now I'm shit in his bed. And the, <laughs> the longest lasting allegation... It, dude, oh my God. her Seeing her reaction to the, the, the like to that coming out in this court dude, is so funny. She's like trying to act like composed, but like they're talking about her literally shitting in a bed. And I, th- I think the longest lasting thing is that she will be known henceforth as Amber Turd. <laughs> like everyone's calling her that. And I, I think, you know. Can I, j- let me say something from a personal uh, viewpoint of this real quick. Sure. So I've had my fair share of uh, yes. quote unquote yes. toxic yes. relationships. I think most of the ones I've known you to be in were toxic. Right. I would say like 90% of it. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously I'm seeing, and a lot of that, like I nowadays don't like to date. I don't like to be in a relationship. A lot of it has to do with, you know, negatives left over from previous relationships. But anyways, sometimes when I think about like, um, how that relationship went down. I look at things I said, texts that were exchanged, and I'm like, that's fucking weird of me to say. That's cringe of me to say. That's out of pocket. That was, you know, d- disgusting. Like, so I, I, I disagree with a lot of the things I say, but like, I feel like the emotion and the frustrations, I feel like we're still valid and genuine. And so when I think back about a lot of these relationships, I'm always thinking, well, not always, but like, I always wonder, I'm like, you know, how does this person now talk about me like years removed? Like, how does she talk about me to her friends? Does she say, oh, Zach did X, Y, and Z, and he was so fucking angry all the time, and he was, you know, crazy out of his mind. He was a psycho, and blah, blah, blah. Yes, I'm, and, nodding, yeah, maybe, I'm nodding to all like, of this. Like, I could see where there could maybe be some, like, you know, maybe some point to, to some of that, you know, but also I'm like... When I look back at it, it is like, to me, like I said earlier, it's a very back and forth where I'm like, okay, I wasn't perfect. They weren't perfect. I did some shitty things. They did some shitty things. Shitty things were said by both parties. Shitty things were done by both parties. You know, it's not one way or the other. No. Right. <laughs> and there was, no actual, the there, was no, yes, yeah. there was no actual shitting they got in any of my previous relationships. But, um, dude, once you, you take, know, once I, you take it to the, the poopy level, that's spiritual warfare, dude. I, I do think about <laughs> About it's on own, a whole nother level, It, it does make me, like, think about my own relationships and be like, look, like... I like, as I said, you will die at the hands of your lover. Yeah, I, I can understand why, like, you know, people might look at a certain situation and be like, oh, fucking... If you just hear one side, you're like, oh, obviously X was wrong or obviously Y was wrong. But then when, like, you really come down to it, it, it in most of my personal bad or to- quote-unquote toxic relationships like and i don't even like to think of that of them like that it's just like okay like we we're both in bad places at the time or we were both having our own going through our own shit you know and we were taking it on each other and things were said that weren't necessarily the right thing to say in those well, words but what, the feeling was valid what, you know and the frustration was valid and and there is something i have to respect about that and just say like at the end of the day, it is on both people. You know, yeah, and, right and look, wrong it can definitely be more one-sided for sure. It definitely could. But that's like, why I don't like to the talk time, about most of my past relationships and disparage the other person right. outright. I don't do that often. Yeah, but okay. Ever. Here's an, just another side thing. What is it with these celebrities and fucking just divulging the most intimate details of their like their relationships out in public, bro? It it's totally like, feels awkward. Like, I mean, with, I feel like it makes the same way that like you know maybe your feelings are valid when those are arguments but 
Most of the arguments I've been in, I feel like it comes out in the wash, you know. Yeah, everyone, you know, people say things they don't mean, they do things they don't mean, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, we were both being assholes, let's just leave it at that. And and to pick through each and every word and comment said it seems so pointless when yeah. when it's like, yes, we're, we were both in the wrong, let's just move on. Yeah. You know, and up to the point, like, a lot of this I feel is that way, but there is a, a larger, uh, you know, the, the whole libel case that I've, I'm not sure how all this is particularly relevant to that. It seems like a lot of airing dirty laundry and very little, like this is how she meant to, you know, screw me. Yeah. Well, I think Bosco's right in the fact that I think the reason whether Johnny Depp wins or loses, I think he's just trying to bring this out into the open so he can be like, hey, look, my career does not need to be completely ruined because of this. Yeah. Like, sure, think of me what you, how you will, all things are said and considered, but like, do, do I have to lose my career over this? Do I have to ruin my livelihood over this? And I think Boss goes right in saying that that's, he doesn't care if he wins or loses just as long as the public is like, hey, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent on him. Right. Yeah. And I, I think I I think ultimately he really wanted to keep it he seems like a very private person. He wanted to keep it quiet. But like she came out and gave the her side of the story with omitting a lot. Omitting, you know, a large part of the story. Like imagine telling just half of the details of a story. You know what I mean? It's just, you know. It's disingenuous, you know? So, yeah, the, I mean, that's pretty much all my feelings. Also, there's, you know, also, like, the, the like I said, the men can't be, you know, like, I've heard, a, I've seen a lot of takes being like, bro, like, it's not domestic abuse if your girl hits you. Come on. Like, like, yeah, like, there's, I think immature. there's a misogynistic view that, like, men, you know, don't really get, you know, uh, abused by, you know, yeah. It's like the same idea of like, like if like a young boy has sex with like a female teacher and they go like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's not that big a deal, even though they could definitely have like some trauma from it, you know, it's like the same idea, but yeah, so that's pretty much all my, my feelings on it, but it's just a fucking, it's like, it, it's going to go on for weeks. Like still, even after all this, dude. Today, okay, great. Okay, wait, great. wait, can't wait. Can, wait, can can I just tell you one of my favorite <laughs> recurring podcast segments? Yeah, Sorry, okay. Bosco's weekly updates on John. I'll tell I'll tell you my one of my favorite parts about this. It's just like a complete side note. So one character, one character witness was a butler, and dude, let me tell you how like professional this butler was he like calls it going on assignment like he's like in the special the spec ops of being a butler dude he's like he's like this is probably the spec ops of being a butler <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> dude he's just like he's like i my my most important job is uh just you know being discreet <laughs> good for him he sounds know? like a real professional <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just it's just it, you know i don't know it's just very interesting this guy he's like i was a house manager for johnny tip and respect was, that. Yeah. I respect that. Somebody's committed to their job. Yeah. Profession. Yeah. And uh yeah, he was kind of testifying on Johnny Depp's behalf. Yeah. But he was one of the most the more interesting characters in all of this trial. The, the special agent butler. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week, Andrew. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Yeah. It's been a minute. Andrew was on episode like number two or three. For our dead internet, uh, we don't. And, we don't uh, even I count. I like to them. drop in whenever I can. And uh, <laughs> Doctor Drew, 
Dr. Drew. Don't don't date a girl who will shit in your bed. That's right. Today's lesson. Good, good advice. Words of wisdom. It was the most vile thing I've ever seen. All right. Well, um, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. We're out of here. Peace. I'm a scat man. I'm a scat man. Everybody stutters one way or the other, so check out my message to you. As a matter of fact,